Hello, and welcome to the Be Bold Fitness Podcast, the show where we talk about different topics in the health, wellness, and fitness space. No topic is off limits here. I'm your host, Tessa Breeden, certified personal trainer and nutrition specialist, the passion for helping busy adults tone up, lose body fat, and feel good. Nikki Zaka. I'm so excited to have you. So we actually met in a workout class at F45 South Shore when I was over there coaching. So I would just love for you to introduce yourself and explain who you are, what you do. Yeah. So I meet pretty much everybody in Austin, I feel like, through some type of fitness class or something around those events and everything. I love it. That's also why I love it here. But I'm actually a full-time sales rep, tech sales rep, but I am obsessed with health and fitness and working out. Um, And I got into it because I was a collegiate uh, springboard diver. Okay. Um, And I actually was never really into the gym or anything. Like I was always an athlete, but before college, I didn't know about lifting or anything. So that's when I got a full lifting coach, learned about like nutrition and weights and um, the gym and everything, fell in love with that whole process, ended up losing 25 pounds, um, not really meaning to, but I ended up just kind of falling in love with myself and my body through that process too and really developing self-confidence and self-worth just by hitting those goals in the gym and then continuing to push myself and everything. So uh, that was about when Instagram just started, really good timing, posted that transformation, kind of blew up. And so people started asking me, how did you do that? And so that's when my little side hustle baby came to play. So I started coaching people on the side, um, doing health and fitness plans for people. And then when I moved down to Austin, I kind of shifted. And now I'm more so working with brands and companies that I really love and I use every day and I believe in and helping them market. And I'm still kind of on a mission just to help people with self-confidence and falling in love with themselves through fitness, kind of like I did. So it was a long-winded answer, but wanted to give a little background. (laughs) We love long-winded answers. And that's great. I actually did not know that you were a college athlete. I There is a recurring theme with you are like the third or fourth former collegiate athlete that I've had on this podcast for this season. So it's actually really cool to chat with people. Yeah, I think that there is – This is, like I mentioned, it's not only a recurring thing with the people, but it's a very common topic that's coming up that so many people that were collegiate athletes have this really strange gap between being a college athlete and becoming an adult that has graduated college and what their relationship with fitness looks like between that period. So it's it's very interesting to know that everybody's kind of been in this same space and there is clearly something missing between that transition of going from being a college athlete to being a an adult in the real quote unquote real world um, and transitioning into a fitness routine that works works best for people. But I'm really excited to chat today because You and I have talked prior to recording this episode about where you're currently at in your fitness journey and how you are really working to heal yourself, maybe emotionally, mentally, and physically with the physical and with some gut health symptoms. And I really want to talk about your full journey. You mentioned you lost 25 pounds. You have sort of built this social media presence based on your transformation and you're now having to not necessarily backtrack, but you're having to pivot a little (laughs) bit in terms of like where your goals currently are. And so I want to talk first about like what that journey looked like and how you started on this weight loss path for yourself and where where that was, how long that took, and then when you realized it needed to shift. Yeah, so 
In college, well, growing up, I'll go back even further. I was always like the chubby friend. So okay. specifically, my most insecure part of my body was always my stomach, my belly. And I had like that bottom roll just across my whole stomach that absolutely hated. I would get made fun of for when I was like even really little. I've always had like a big chest growing up too, which is very self-conscious for little girls growing up too, but always very top heavy. So I hated my body. I would nitpick everything. Um, But I, like I said, didn't really get into the gym and, and learning about nutrition or anything until D1 athletes, you get a lifting coach, a nutritionist, like all of my, a lot of my teammates were going into nutrition or exercise science and everything. So I had all these resources all of a sudden to learn from and pick, like pick their brains and then do my own research and just seeing the progress from myself. I was very healthy in college because I wasn't doing it overly, I don't think. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did have a lot of practices, obviously, and we were working out a ton, but it was after college, like you were talking about that transition of what do I do now? Because you always had that set structure in college. So finding really what works for you outside of that, that was a little bit of a challenge, but also why I fell in love with F45. Excuse me, sorry. because of that team training and like being able to have people to push you and everything. I I love that. Um, And the sense of community, which is why I love Austin, but it wasn't until I moved to Austin. So probably it was like three or four years after college. And I would say what really went downhill was COVID actually a couple of years ago. So when that hit, and I'm working from home. I went from going to the office every single day, mm-hmm. having a, <clears throat> a very set schedule. <laughs> and because of that, I could only work out like once a day, um, which is normal for people. But COVID hit. I'm working from home. You're not really going out or anything. I started working out probably twice a day. If you count walks and stuff, like three times a day. And I was eating the same amount of when I was trying to lose weight. Uh, And so I really didn't account for expending a lot more energy now. I'm doing all these workouts, but I'm not increasing my caloric intake. I'm still doing extremely low carbs for years at that point. I was not eating a ton of fats or anything. And so I... In college, I was probably around 120. My lowest at during COVID when in my head, I didn't realize I was unhealthy, but I was probably 98 pounds. I'm 5'3", so I still am short, but that's not very healthy. Like my BMI, my body fat was probably around 10% for sitting at like two or three years at that, which is not very healthy for women uh, going into like late 20s, going into their 30s. Um, And it really didn't hit me until I got my labs tested. So I went into a local place, MSW Lounge, because I lost my period during the spring of COVID too. And I could tell something was wrong. And my doctor was saying, oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Both mm-hmm. my primary and my gyno. And I'm like, I don't have my period. I don't feel fine. Like something's wrong. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I got that test and I saw that it wasn't just like my hormones were off. I had problems with my liver, with my cortisol was just up like not not good levels at all, just extremely high. Um, there was a ton of other issues, but that really opened my eyes because it, as somebody that was priding myself and, oh my God, I have my dream body now. Like I have abs. I'm not self-conscious about my stomach anymore. And for somebody that 
my whole goal, like my whole life was to get smaller and to lose weight and to lose fat. And so to see, okay, now I feel like I look good, at least to myself, but I'm not healthy. And so that disconnect was extremely hard for me. And so I've been trying now for probably two-ish years to reverse that, focusing on hormone health. Um, I'm trying, still trying to get my period back, actually, so it's taking a very long time. I've been doing a reverse diet, so getting my maintenance back up. The abs are gone, but <laughs> I know that I need to get through this phase before I can even think about being healthy and at the body that I want in a healthy way instead of how I went way too far and created all of the this mess inside my own body type of thing. Yeah. I think it's really important to know that you mentioned you've been trying now for two years to work on reversing the years and years and years of essentially damage that you've done to yeah. your body from trying to get to this ideal physique that you thought was exactly where you wanted to be. Yes, that's an extremely low body fat percentage and that can be really challenging and I'd be I'm really curious besides losing your period were there any other like hormonal imbalances that you were noticing or things you were feeling like tired or um like really high stress oh, yeah. anything like that? Well, so being in sales, I feel like job always stressful, uh, at least a little bit. But so always have a high stress job. But besides that, I think obviously COVID, the pandemic, high stress, even adding that my cortisol was he literally saw it and was like, I don't know how you're functioning right now because my cortisol was an insanely high level and my adrenals were completely shot. So meaning like, I had no energy at all at any time. So I was like running on caffeine and trying to do, I have like uh, a ton of coffee and I used to do both coffee and energy drinks all the time, which is not good either. So low energy, I was not getting a lot of sleep, my uh, digestion not good, so not very regular. My hair was becoming very thin, falling out. Like there was a period of time where I'd be washing my hair in the shower and have like a chunk come out and like be horrified and not know what's wrong with me. And so, yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on that I knew something was wrong and I needed to get help because I don't, I don't know why my primary caring and gyno were saying, don't worry about it type of thing. Cause I was very worried about it. So glad I went in and seeked out other help. And there's tons of people and resources out there now to, I didn't realize how prevalent it was until it happened to me. It was one of those things that once I started talking about it and it happened to me, and I'm learning more about it. Like I'm seeing it everywhere, which seems to happen for everything. But it made me me feel better that way because <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm not alone. And this does happen to other women and I can reverse it and I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And I think it's really important that you were able to follow your intuition. You know, I think that doctors are doing the best they can in a lot of situations and some of it is outdated and some of it that like yeah. I always say that yes it's science but doctors still have opinions about things at the end of the day and if they have an opinion about something yeah. and they choose to lead with that then there's going to be different different doctors out there that are going to have different opinions but you always have to do what's best for you and for you that was finding somebody that was more alternative medicine to do this lab work for you to read this lab work and really see where things were at. And it obviously benefited you. And so I always say to people, make sure you're advocating for your health. If you don't think something is right and you don't feel good about something, like follow your gut and find somebody that yeah. resonates with you. Maybe that is a doctor. I've experienced, I've seen a lot of DOs in Austin. I've never seen more DOs before in any other city. But I found some really great like general physicians and gynecologists that I relate really well to and find work best for me. And so I think it always comes down to like figuring out kind of what works best for you and where you can 
find some answers because it's hard. Yeah. And you don't know where to go to. Yeah. I I really took like, I had a few friends that talked about labs and stuff, but really owning your own health, like you said, and knowing that it is up to you. Like, don't just listen to everything that people are saying, even if they are doctors, like you have to own your own health and really take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, if you have a gut intuition you and you knew like something isn't right, my hair shouldn't be falling out. And was it something yeah. Were other people in your circle, your friends or family saying like, hey, Nikki, we think something is wrong. Or was it fully just you that made the decision to to seek out help? Yeah. I was getting comments about being too thin for it started for probably a couple months. But it really, I don't think other people noticed the other things that were going on because I'm somebody that really keeps to myself. Like I wouldn't tell people, oh, I haven't been sleeping or my digestion's not right. Or like I was kind of embarrassed about my hair. So not telling anybody about that. So people didn't know about those other things that were happening, but they saw that I was at a very unhealthy body weight. And I think and it's important to note because when you are in a place where you are at a low weight and you have body dysmorphia of any type, you truly cannot see it. And it's really hard to explain to people yeah. that have never been there. And the only way I can semi-relate to that is I remember in college when I was very small in college, I was probably 90 pounds going into college. I've always been a petite human. And I remember I dated somebody my freshman year and he kept saying like, you're getting too skinny, you're getting too skinny. And I was like, I look freaking amazing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he was like, you are so skinny. And I was like, yeah, it looks great. And so like looking back, I'm like, dang, my arms were little. It yeah. makes me laugh because now I am much more than that. I'm closer to the 120 mark and I have a lot of muscle and I'm okay with that and I'm happy with that. But back then I probably yeah. would have lost my ever loving mind had you told me that I was going to weigh this much. Oh, I know. And like, that's where I'm at, where I'm looking at pictures of myself from a couple of years ago and being like, oh my God, how did I not see how skinny I was or how thin I was and that it was like an unhealthy amount. So it is kind of crazy that once you get past that and like you're in a healthier mindset now and then you're looking at pictures it's like horrifying or eye-opening I shouldn't say horrifying (laughs) yeah no I understand that how do you think it's possible to go too far with your weight loss journey you know you started this as like with all good intentions like what was that turning point that was just too much I honestly don't know if it was like a certain point that I just went too far. I definitely didn't on purpose. And that's why that line is kind of scary because people, probably a lot of people do that where you're, you start to lose weight and people are starting to compliment you on how you look and, oh my God, you look so good and like all those things. And so you start feeling better about yourself and you want to keep going and you want to keep feeling that progress and then there's a certain point where you just shouldn't be continuing to lose and I think finding that right when is it time to maintain instead of keep losing I'm sure other people probably have had some better experience where they know where like oh I can't eat any less or I'm not going to work out anymore but with me with COVID and then working from home and the the added stressors and everything. I think it was just a whirlwind and I didn't mean to keep losing weight, but it happened because I wasn't really paying attention, I'd say. Do you think that some of that accidental going too far had anything to do with the fact that you were known as somebody that was very involved in the fitness community and you wanted to keep like maintaining that reputation essentially? Oh, definitely. I think uh, since I built my whole following on losing weight, I also had that, I guess, anxiety and, and scared of 
well, I just built my whole name and my whole account on my abs, essentially. Like if I lose those, I'm going to lose my whole following or I'm going to lose all these brand deals or I'm going to lose everything that I built for and people won't like me anymore type of thing. And I, I think that took me a while to realize where it's like, people don't follow me or they don't like me because of my abs or the way that my body looks. They follow my content and they like and appreciate me because of everything that I'm standing for and creating a healthier life and trying to um, inspire people to move their bodies in a way that makes them feel good and, and find a healthy balance. And so I'm trying to It's still taking kind of some time, but just realizing that my self-worth isn't in my abs and it's not in the way that my body looks. It's in like who I am as a person and how I'm relating to people and just being nice and kind to people and trying to inspire people. I actually think that's one of the most challenging things for a majority of women and most women don't realize this because not a lot of people talk about it. But I find that after working with hundreds of women, like we do put so much of our self-worth in our looks, in how are people going to perceive me if I gain weight? What if I lose weight? What if I post something on social media? What are people going to think about me? Am I going to look slutty if I wear a sports bra and shorts to the gym or what are you know like we put so much of our worth on these physical attributes that really don't mean anything we like we have to remember that once we go out in this world one day nobody is going to remember us for those physical attributes they're going to remember us for the way we treated people, we the way we talk to people, yes, who we are as humans, yeah. and we have integrity and honesty and loyalty to the people around us. And it's so much easier said than done. I believe that and I understand that, but I do think it's something that has to be worked on and it's not an overnight journey to like get to that point. For me personally, that's been a lot of yeah. therapy but it really depends like however you need to get there. It's important to get there because it will drive you crazy if you are just constantly working to be what you think other people want you to be or how you want to stay. Yeah. I always go back to, I don't know if you've seen that meme of like, you can look at it one of two ways and it's just like, nobody cares. And so you can read it like, Uh, nobody cares like about me and it's kind of a depressing thing or it's like nobody cares and like who cares what you do just be yourself and live your best life and I kind of love that I always remind myself of that when I'm getting super stressed out about like well anything like a job or how I look or what I'm doing what I'm posting and everything I'm like nobody really cares they're just worried about themselves so why am I stressing about this it's so minuscule Yeah, I completely agree. And I I think that's a great way to look at it. I've never totally thought about it like that. But I am the (laughs) overanalyzer who thinks that everybody is paying attention to everything I do. And in reality, they're not. (laughs) And that's my like, that's a good tip for people that are getting into a gym routine too, is like, nobody cares about what you're doing in a gym. They're literally just there to like, do their own thing and just don't really care about you in the nicest way possible. No, exactly. It's like everybody has that mindset that they're the center of attention or they're the main character. So it's like, remember, everybody else is thinking that way too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So I want to reverse back and talk a little bit more about your labs and like why you decided to like, or that labs were so important to get because they obviously told you a lot about where you were at. Do you think that labs are something everybody needs or should people just be getting labs if like they're noticing any imbalances or issues with them, with their bodies? No, I mean, I didn't, I probably should have started getting labs earlier in life. But I think if you're going for longevity, if you want to have a long, healthy life where you're able to do everything, like 
my parents are getting up there. They're going to be turning 70 soon, but they've worked out their whole lives and they still work out. And I know that they can go hiking with me whenever they come visit and they can do all of the things that I like to do. I I took my dad to an F45 class last time he was here. Like I want to do that when I'm older too. And if I have grandkids and being able to play with them and having a family and everything. So that's where my mindset is at. And I think the answer to that is getting your labs done early and pretty consistently. Like you might only have to have them once a year or something, but just looking at those markers, seeing what you should focus more on and what you need to pay more attention to. And I don't think it's always like I went to them because they're not people that are pushing like supplements or medications on me or anything. They're people that are saying, this is what's wrong with you. This is how you can change your lifestyle in order to make it better and to, to live longer and to um, make these more healthy. And so I really like that because I just want to make the lifestyle changes and live a longer, healthier life. I think that's what we all want. But that's why I do labs. And I think that's why everybody else should, if that is their goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really shocking to know that, like you mentioned, you were basically in adrenal fatigue, which means that you really have no energy and your cortisol levels were really high. Cortisol is obviously how our bodies handle stress and work with stress. And so anybody that doesn't really understand that principle, you know, we, our bodies really only can cortisol is like our main our main functioning stress hormone that we that we have and our body has different types of stress i call it emotional stress which is things like you said you work at a really high stress job you yeah. live in a city there's going to be traffic there's things that are external that are going to stress you out but that are going to handle your brain stress there's relationships friendships if you have any pets, having a dog is a fairly stressful thing that nobody tells you about. Like there's so many of these stressors, but then there's also that physical stress. You are under eating for years and years and years, not giving your body the amount of food it properly needed. And so it was essentially in duress this entire time. Plus you oh, got yeah. to a place where you were doing multiple workouts a day. And to anybody that does not know what F45 is or some of the other workout classes Nikki posts about, these are like high intensity workouts, like workouts that are going to take a lot out of you. It wasn't like you were doing a slow yin yoga flow twice a day. You were doing like hard workouts where you're running and jumping and lifting weights and that puts a lot of stress on your body. And so I like to call it, it's like a stress club sandwich where you're just starting to stack yeah. and stack and stack it until it's like so high and your toothpicks can no longer hold it together. And you were essentially at that point. And I think that a lot of women get to that point and don't know they're at that point. And that's kind yeah. of a scary thing because it is very easy when you want to get in shape or to get fit, whatever you want to call it, to go to classes. And I am not against workout classes by any means. But if you have all of these other things going on and you're under all of this stress, adding those classes five to seven days a week like might not be healthy for you. And that's why you do now see a lot of coaches that – and again, I don't think this is right either, but a lot of coaches that are preaching like lifting only. Like cardio is still good, but in in a certain amount. So how has that shift from going from – I'm going to guess you were probably going anywhere from five to seven days or six to seven days of multiple HIIT workouts. How has that transition into what you're currently doing been? And like, what is that transition? Yeah, so that was probably the hardest part just because fitness is my like stress that's how I get rid of stress. That's my me time. That is literally what I do to make myself happy. And so for somebody to tell me that you shouldn't or can't do hit anymore, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? What do you expect me to do? This is how like everything that keeps me going pretty much, but hit is another stressor on your body. So it's not helping me. So I went down to just one a hit class a week 
So I don't know if you count Spain. So that would be like two, but okay. Because yeah, car- Spain is more I like would cardio. Spin still in that high intensity category. High intensity. Yeah. Yeah. So I went down like I was doing F forty five probably like three or four times a week, and then doing other like boot camp type classes at True Fusion and stuff. So took it down to two days a week doing more yoga. And now, so that was kind of slowly. And now I'm doing, took out the hit like boot camp classes completely. I'm doing more yoga, more walks, more lifting. I do runs uh, occasionally and I do love spin. So I, I throw that in sometimes, but it's nowhere near like I'm not doing high intensity stuff every day like I used to be doing. So it's mainly lifting yoga walks. um, And then I'll dabble in some of those higher intensity just because I love it and it makes me happy, but it's, it's nowhere near what it was. And then from a nutrition wise, I decided to invest in a coach. So um, reverse dieting back up to, I, I didn't realize so this is a probably completely other subject, but I used to track um, my foods when I was trying to lose weight. And so that was eye-opening in the sense that I didn't realize that all of my snacking, because I loved sweets, loved snacking. And so once you start writing down everything that you're eating, I was like, holy crap, I'm eating so much more than I thought. And that's when I was losing weight. And then now... I stopped tracking completely and then going back because I got a coach and we're trying to track all of the calories that I'm doing everything. I was like, holy crap, I'm hardly eating anything. (laughs) Like in my mind, I was eating close to 2000 calories. And then when I actually tracked it out, it was still around like that 1500 when I'm burning like 2000 calories a day. So that was another eye opening experience, but in the opposite way. So actually tracking in a good way, in a healthy way to make sure that I'm getting all of the proper like healthy fats, um, upping my carbs. So I probably was eating like close to no carbs, just like fruits and veggies pretty much um, before. And now I'm adding in all of those complex carbs that my body needs for energy. I'm eating before lifts um, instead of just like having two meals a day or or three and like kind of fat intermittent fasting. Um, So having more frequent meals as well, but making sure that I'm getting all of the proper nutrients to fuel my body for those lifts and kind of focusing more on my progression in my lifts in the gym instead of like losing weight or number on a scale or how my body looks. And so really focusing on my gym aspects and goals hitting in there, kind of going back. It's like full circle back to when I was in college and hitting all of those goals and why I fell in love with the gym in the first place. Um, Kind of getting back to that and focusing on that instead of how my body looks. And I think that's extremely important that you are tracking, but for the purpose right now of gaining strength and focusing on gym performance. People are so terrified to start tracking because they think that tracking is a negative thing because it's painted in a really negative light or a very intense light via social media from a lot of coaches. And I think like I said, people are a little terrified of it, but it creates a lot of awareness. And it teaches you what portion sizes look like and helps you to understand what your body needs, how much it needs to properly fuel you and to help you gain that muscle and for, in your case, to regulate your hormones to get you into a metabolically sound place so that you can start to see the results you're looking for. And for you, that means building up that muscle That doesn't mean you can't cut again one day, but you have to fix things internally first before you can go back to that like ideology of wanting to lose body fat because you've been at that low fat. Yeah, been at that low body fat. Now, and oh, go ahead. I was gonna say I definitely believe in like intuitive eating, so I I do appreciate when people preach that, but I don't think 
you can intuitively eat until you learn how to track. Because I think unless you know those portion sizes, like you know, like you are saying, and actually track the metrics of what your BMI is, what you're burning every day, and then how much you're consuming and actually seeing that and understanding it fully. I, it's really hard to be intuitive with your eating and, and really know what you're doing and all of those macronutrients. So just wanted to throw that in there. So whenever I, I work with people or, or talk to people, I have them track and say, your goal can be intuitive eating and to not track one day. And like, that's my goal again too to not have to track all the time but right now I need it and it's a very helpful tool to get there. I agree and I actually follow more of what's called an intuitive tracking approach because intuitive eating gen- like truly means following hunger cues only and not focusing on a yeah. goal of protein. And I think it's okay if again you're like in a place you've tracked for a really long time you understand you know you're going to hit things but for like myself, for example, I want to make sure I'm hitting a certain amount of protein because I constantly want to be gaining muscle and repairing muscle. I do lift five days a week. And so I think that you can also follow more of that like intuitive tracking approach where you internally are tracking, okay, I know how much protein I'm getting. I know how many carbs essentially I'm getting. So that's really, that would not be considered intuitive eating. Those two are very separate. Intuitive eating, yeah. just going off hunger cues not caring how many carbs, fats, protein you're getting in. Um, and intuitive tracking would look more like you are caring about those numbers to, to some degree. Um, yeah. But yeah, I want to also talk about kind of that mindset and shifting that mindset during a reverse diet because it is extremely hard. And I can say this from personal experience. It is hard to eat more food and to see your body make these changes. And so like what has been really challenging for you during this reverse diet process? Oh my God, all of it. Um, <laughs> I, when I first started and he, I, he was telling me, oh, you need to eat 2000, like over 2000 calories and showed me my numbers. I was like, uh, I literally can't do that. And that was a horrifying number to look at. And then when I started eating, I was like, I'm going to gain weight so fast because it was such a huge jump from what I was used to and what I was eating, but that wasn't the case at all. So I decided big picture, focus on big picture. I'm trying to get healthy, what my long-term goals are. I know, yes, I'm going to be uncomfortable for a little bit, but I'm looking long-term game here. And I know, like you said, I can eventually, once I get to a healthy place, do a little cut and get the, the tone that I want back. But right now, the, the goal is just to get healthy. So I kind of put all my trust in that uh, started. And to my surprise, uh, I went up, I started eating like over 600 more calories than what I was doing. So I was expecting to blow up right away. And my body kind of started to burn more more calories per day when I was doing that naturally. So I think just really fixing my metabolism because it did adapt to that lower calorie uh, rate. So once I started eating more, it started burning more, um, which was kind of awesome to see. So actually seeing that and experiencing that is kind of cool, the metabolic adaptation. And so that's another discussion too. But once I started seeing more body fat, obviously, not something that I love <laughs> looking in the mirror, kind of going back to that little girl of like wanting to nitpick my body and everything. But then kind of practicing what I preach. So in my head, I'm thinking, how can I coach other people or like other people that would be going through this? What would I be telling them? And why am I not really practicing what I'm preaching and believing in it and doing it myself. So I started doing those positive affirmations and like in, when I'm hearing that negative self-talk or starting to nitpick my body or anything, just reminding myself, one, why I'm doing it, two, go over it, say like three things that I love about my body, about the strength that I'm gaining and try to just focus on, again, those those gym, like I'm making 
a lot of my old PRs that I used to do in college are, are coming back and I'm working towards that. So just really focusing on all the positives um, and trying. It's still hard every day to not nitpick or, or try to like have that negative self-talk in my head when you look in the mirror and you're seeing changes, but really focusing on why I'm doing this in the first place and everything good that I'm seeing so far in the journey. I love that. And I am really proud of you for, and one, saying that, and two, just being able to practice what you preach and live that because it is hard. I would say 85% of my clients are reverse diet clients. And Everybody is very, very scared to increase food. And again, I would be a hypocrite to say that I wasn't afraid of it sometimes too. Like I'm in a reverse diet and really trying to build muscle and it is hard. It is hard to watch your body shift even though you can rationalize and say, I know why I'm doing this and I want X result, but the emotional side and what your brain is telling you can oftentimes be so negative and so just mean that it can get in the way of your progress. But your body really does need food as fuel. And I always try and remind people, and again, I know everything I say is so much easier said than actually done and put oh, into yeah. practice, but a calorie is a measurement of energy. And so when we're putting more calories into our body, we're physically putting additional energy into our bodies, energy into our muscles. Like you said, you're hitting PRs that you haven't hit in years. You are in a place where you can actually sustain the workouts and you most likely are not having tons of coffee and caffeine just to stay awake. Your body is probably starting to respond to its proper rhythm and waking up when it's supposed to and going to sleep when it's supposed to. Like, How are you feeling internally since starting this reverse diet? Yeah, I will say some of the the best things, the highlights of this, and that's also what keeps me going. So besides like everything that I said in the gym and everything, but my hair is no longer falling out. It's actually getting back to like very thick and voluminous where it used to be just completely dead and everything. So I'm seeing like a big hair. The last time I went to my hairdresser to get it cut, she was like, oh my God, what are you doing? I'm not like, even she noticed it. And I was like, oh, I'm gaining fat. This is great. Like (laughs) my hair is coming back. But that, the energy, honestly, never had a booty growing up. And so doing this reverse dieting and then all of the lifting and everything, not going to lay, love the booty gains now. It's nice to see the curves coming back and everything. So it is kind of funny. I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Like I used to get made fun of a little bit because I was heavier chested. Um, And then I lost those when I I was thinking about um, before I or like in college actually getting a reduction because uh, back pain and everything. And then kind of did it for myself when I lost all that weight, like they went down and no longer painful or anything, but I kind of missed having a little bit bigger chest. And so like the curves are back everywhere too, which is uh, a good thing. And I am have more energy and like libido and everything like you don't, people don't talk about that as much either. When you are so low weight and you're tiny, like I had probably no interest. I could have been like years without that. So I'm sure my boyfriend appreciates it now too. (laughs) Yeah. I actually love that you brought that up. I went through this like spell. So I'm not going to get like my whole story, but I was in this period where I was eating 900 to a thousand calories And I actually was working with a macro coach and that is right around the calories that they gave me for my cut, which is always terrifying. This is somebody that has like a million followers on Instagram. So know your stuff, people. Education. And when I was in this period, I started to get really severe acne and I could not figure out what it was. I went to dermatologist. I was trying everything to figure out what was going on and could not figure it out. My testosterone was extremely high 
and my libido, zero. Absolute zero. And I like did yeah. not know what it was. And so I ended up seeing a sports nutritionist and we like went through like a full like we tried to find out food sensitivities and kind of go through everything. But I think people forget to talk about that. Like everything shifts when your body is not getting the fuel it needs. Yeah. Which is wild, but there's so many things that I was like, wow, it, it's just he- like healing itself by actually eating right now and giving myself the proper rest. And so I've also to kind of take the place of all of the hit workouts and like the go, 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 because my brain is still always like that. I I love to be busy and I love to always do things. So finding fun ways to recover kind of have replaced that too. So like have an ice barrel now and has got into cold plunging and then finding different places around Austin because there's so many different cool health and wellness places here, but like stretch lab or different places that have different decompression tools to utilize and saunas and everything. And so you kind of get to geek out in fitness and health in a different way instead of just like a psycho doing hit and working out all of the time. It's like you can learn about recovery and like taking care of your body in different ways now too. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's great. I see you in that cold plunge on Instagram and it chills me to the (laughs) bone every time. That is one thing I am just not mentally prepared for. I hate the cold. Like 50 degrees is way too cold for me. So I cannot even imagine what a cold plunge would be. I am like so not accustomed to the cold. I know it's great for you. There's so many benefits to a cold plunge. I'm just not there yet. So we'll see what 2023 has in store. I mean, I moved from Boston also because I hated the cold. So I am very and now she's familiar in cold with water. <laughs> yeah, Every like day. literally, if you asked me a year ago, I would have told you you're crazy and I'm never getting in a cold plunge, but did you it are. and fell in love with the feeling. I know. There you go. Never know. Okay, Nikki. So what do you wish you knew about this healing process before you got started? The healing process or losing weight in general? Oh, the healing process. The healing process of going from being at this low body fat percentage and having to reverse back up. I honestly wish I knew prior that don't go that far with the weight loss. So I didn't have to kind of climb this far back up, if that makes sense. Like, I think I I dug myself in such a hole. And even when I started to realize it was unhealthy, I kind of, and people are telling me I need to work out less or I need to eat more is like, I'm fine type of thing and kept going. So I really wish that I would have paid more attention to one, the people that love me that were raising concern and not just pushing that aside. Like it was probably hard for them to bring it up too. Um, So paying more attention to that. But also, I mean, I I wish that I would have kind of been more balanced from the beginning. And so I know I did follow a lot of like, I thought bodybuilders were the only people that do like bulks and cuts and all of that. But realizing that you can't be that low body fat all year round, it's just not sustainable. So it's not like you have to go so intense like bodybuilders and do full bulks and full cuts, but um, it's okay to have body fat at certain periods of your life and then get a little skinnier for a little bit, but you shouldn't be one extreme or the other. It's not healthy to be either side of that, kind of finding that balance and and sticking with it. I agree with that completely. And it can be really hard on social media, especially to see people going from these extremes or living with these very lean bodies and to see yours and think, oh, I'm not that lean right now. And 
want to strive towards that. But as you mentioned, it's not healthy to be at a low body fat percentage all the time. There's a time and a place for it, and there has to be balance within. So Nikki, one last question for you. You mentioned you've really been working on affirmation. So I would love to hear what three things you are currently loving about yourself. I honestly kind of touched on this, but loving the the lower body gains right now. So uh, I do love my new booty right now. And I hope if I do cut in the future when I do that, it some of that muscle stays. So I like those curves right now. Been loving the the fuller hair, like I mentioned. So just happy about that. And honestly, I'm just grateful for the energy and, and feeling like I can I don't have to worry about having those afternoon slumps anymore or anything. So I am really grateful for all those three things right now, but there's there's probably many more that I'm not naming right now, but they keep coming up and I'm like, okay, yes, this is worth it. This is why I'm continuing on this journey. Um, and it does help, honestly, that like I said before, once it's happening to you, you kind of see it all over the place. So knowing that there's other females out there going through this right now, that there is a community out there. So kind of going back to why I love social media, I know there's a lot of negatives too, but the positives are connecting with like-minded people and learning from each other and realizing that you're not alone and you can kind of connect with people around you with all of what you're going through. Perfect. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And Nikki, thank you so much for being really vulnerable today and just talking about really uncomfortable topics that I feel like we do not touch on enough and what it really means to go a little bit too far in your fitness goals and how this transformation has really started to change you and helped you to pivot your life. So everybody that is listening... I want you to be bold, to be confident, and to be you. 